Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything nonprofit, with your host, Andy Shurek and Stacy Wedding. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of Nonprofit Everything. We're so glad to have you with us. And we're mixing it up a bit this episode. We decided that not only do we want to bring in a a special guest expert, but also have this gentleman spend a, a bit more time with us than we often spend talking about a really hot topic, which is how do I set up and establish a nonprofit? You've probably all been there before, or you know people who are doing that, or you've heard this question before. And uh, Bob has got a ton of expertise and a really impressive uh, resume, bio, all of that stuff, as do many of the SCORE counselors. So Bob is actually a counselor with a nonprofit called SCORE. And if you're not familiar with SCORE, we really encourage you to check them out. They are great for providing um, help with people either setting up small businesses or even once the small business or nonprofit is up and running, they actually can provide ongoing guidance and support. This is a free resource. So definitely something to to bookmark and to uh, use when you or your organization need it, or if you're in that, you know, initial stage of setting up a nonprofit. So with that, we're going to have Bob take it from here. Fantastic. Well, we're going to jump right into uh, our the number one question, the question that we get asked the absolute most for any question for nonprofit everything, which is, how do I start a nonprofit? And today we are really, really lucky to have Bob Cushman here. Um, he is with SCORE, and we're going to ask him a little bit about what that means. Um, and he'll give us some, some tips on how do you start a nonprofit and give us some um, maybe potholes to watch out for and roadblocks and things like that so that we can get that question answered. So first, welcome, Bob. Thank you very much, Andy. Awesome. So first, if you could tell us a little bit about SCORE, because that's one of the things we recommend. When people ask us personally, how do you go to start a nonprofit, we say, well, you should probably reach out to SCORE. So could you give us a, you know, maybe a couple, just a little intro about what SCORE is and what they do? Okay. In 1953, when Congress created the Small Business Administration, they were in the loan business. And so they decided that most of their hires would be bankers so that they could have a rational loan program. But they recognized that there was needed somebody to tell the people who were getting the loans how to put together a business plan so that the loan could be repaid. And that's what created SCORE, the section in the law calling for volunteers. Uh, we are covered by uh, a couple of uh, acts of the federal government in terms of workers' compensation and uh, any uh, liability. And we've, so we've been around since 1953. Um, the loan responsibility was removed from the Small Business Administration in 1969. So that caused a very big change in our mission. Instead of serving a federal agency, what we were doing was now in the position to counsel people as to how to repay loans from all different sources. And, of course, primarily banks at that time, because that's what had happened. The SBA started guaranteeing loans from banks. And so we organized, uh, incorporated in 1970 as a nonprofit. Uh, we're now 
10,000 volunteers in 300 chapters wow. in the United States and its possessions. That's amazing. So the, the first sort of step, the reason someone might call SCORE would be, I mean, obviously to sort of get access to the wealth of knowledge that your, your counselors have. About right? business. About business, and in this and in this instance specifically, we're talking about the the business aspects of a nonprofit. Correct, but that's also inadvertently what is the purpose of the nonprofit, and of course that becomes the crux of the whole discussion because of the you know you've got to have a benefit, and the benefit's got to be somebody who is covered by the law. That's right. So the first, so generally what we hear is somebody comes in and they'll say, I have an idea, right? I've got yeah. an idea for a nonprofit. That's what we first hear. Um, so what, what's the next step? Why, when they walk into your office with an idea, what do you counsel them? Um, first, I ask them what the idea is. I ask them who will benefit, okay? And let them focus in on what it is they really want to accomplish. And then I have a one-page cheat sheet, which has all of the steps that you go through to start a nonprofit, and they're always shocked to find out that the first eight steps don't involve filling out any forms at all. <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, identification of who benefits, then finding who else is attempting to help that same group. Okay. And now you get a chance to go visit with those people, get their mission statements, and then you get to write your own mission statement. Obviously, you don't want to be in a conflict situation with existing organizations. Mm -hmm. You want to be additive to the solution to the, whatever the problem is. Yeah. You hear that a lot from funders, too, is funders are frequently concerned with a duplication of effort, where they see several people in the same space that are kind of trying to solve the same problem. And um, I guess we sort of see that as sort of a, depends on how you look at it, because everybody approaches a problem a little bit differently, and there may be reasons to have multiple people trying to work in the same space because they had to have a different approach. But do you take more of a sort of a competitive analysis position? Like, if you're going after the same donors and reaching the same people in the exact same way, you should... We try to, try to get it before we get that discussion, okay. which is, okay, these are the people who are now trying to help that population, project, whatever, and you've gone and visited them, who are the ones who are going to cooperate with you? How can you do something that will benefit the entire situation? Now you get a chance to talk to people and start recruiting board members. Because if your mission is not broad enough or intriguing enough to attract any quality people who are going to help you do it, you're going to die. You're going to work your ass off, and then you're going to go out of business. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's a really interesting place to start because I think most, most people, when they're thinking about it, they don't think about attracting the board members first. That's like an afterthought, right? Everybody has the passion to start the nonprofit. Now the question is, can you take your passion and create a working group so that you can at least have a rational business plan? Mm-hmm. Once you've got a rational business plan, now we've got a different animal to deal with, okay? But finding who you're going to benefit, who is already helping, 
And now, who will cooperate and who will join with you? You're now in a position to do something serious. Okay. I get a lot of people, most commonly are veterans and abused women. And I am the greatest referral source in the world for all of the existing organizations that are helping in those two areas sure. because I just insist that they go spend time with those folks, find out what it is that is now helping. Great. That's fantastic. So the, so you first, I'll just sort of recap then. You, the first step is you, you want to talk to them and get a sense of what their idea is, who's already in the space, and then you make them go do homework. And then once they've done their homework, you make them, the next step is really to identify those board members, the people that are going to join them on the journey. Okay. And then so. And now we're going to write a business plan. Great. So then. Something that, serious. Okay. And then, oh, sorry, that's fantastic. So the, the next step then isn't immediately going and filling out the 1023 to the IRS. What's the next step? Okay. Once we've got a business plan and you've got five names minimum who are going to work with you to accomplish this, preferably two people who are going to assist with whatever the work is, and the other three who are going to work on the board and help you fundraise, now we can start down the process, okay? And the process is you are going to form a Nevada corporation, mm -hmm. okay? You are going to put the right words in, in question number four, purpose, mm -hmm. so that you now have a choice as to whether you're going to go for the 1023EZ or the 1023 or are we going to consider something other than a 501c3? Because 501c4s and my latest innovation, the 501c8s, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, um, is definitely an opportunity for you to think through all of the questions. And, of course, that commits you to doing certain things. Okay. Right. Um, and if you're going to do the, the biggie, the we're going to raise more than $50,000 this year mm -hmm. and we're doing a 1023, right. you're going to have a lot of questions you're going to answer and you're going to have a lot of additional things you're going to have to explore relative to potential conflicts of interest, policies, and so on. And so we're getting into some good detail. So what, what percent I mean, do you... Are the, most of the people that you work with, do, do they end up doing the full 1023, or is it mostly 1023 easy? I, I very, very strongly recommend the 1023 easy. It's cheaper, and it requires you to do less in the way of official commitments to the government. <laughs> yes, that's true. You do check marks rather than filling out things. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, that's, a, that's probably a big consideration is I don't think people realize when they walk in, you know, I want to start, I want to start a nonprofit. They don't realize what they're committing to long-term. Neither in terms of, let's say it morally or legally. Okay. <laughs> that's great. So, so will you get them through the process of helping them find a board? It's interesting that you select, you say five board members minimum. Does that yeah, that's the because, founder? Or that's that... because the 1023 easy has space for five members. Okay. Has space and for of five. course the IRS says, we want somebody to be the head of the organization. We want somebody to be the head of the board. And we want somebody to be the treasurer. And then you've got to answer the questions about, is there anybody who's related who, to these board members who blah, 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 blah. Right. The IRS cares about money much more than they do the purpose. They sure do. The, it, that's, and that's an interesting point, too, because 
what people don't realize is that the IRS really is most interested in finding and catching people who are trying to use that process to get around paying federal taxes. You got it. <laughs> and it's, it has not very little to do with what your mission is. And as you start going through the questions, there's the, especially on the 990, once you get to the, the portion where you're, you're filling out your tax return. As a yeah, I was going to say, then you get to the end of that year, and now, now, now you're committed to all kinds of things. Yeah, you've, you've got to have a compensation policy, and it, yeah, there's, there's tons of extra stuff that they ask you to do. Fascinating. So, so once we get through, we pick the board, and then you start walking them through, hopefully the 1023EZ. What, what do you provide ongoing services? Is there stuff that you like to do once you get past that point? Um, I have clients. Uh, Andre comes to mind. He started four businesses um, going back to 2005. Uh, I've been doing this for SCORE since 1998. Um, I have had many clients who I've spent 10 years with. Um, the percentage of nonprofit clients is relatively small. Um, last year, uh, SCORE had 1,800 new clients, and only 112 of them were nonprofits. Okay. But the services that you, the sort of ongoing services that you provide for them is it's just that? I have people who come back, uh, all right, the board wants us to uh, have a policy that every board member will be responsible for raising $250. Not irrational. And then I get somebody else coming in, $2,500. And now we've raised a bunch of issues with your board members, and how do you introduce or dissuade them from that project? So yeah, you can get into some fairly sophisticated conversations about human motivation. Yeah. So like backing up a step then, talking about the business plan that you helped them put together. Yes. Um, can you tell me if some of the components of that, some things that people should be thinking about before they show up? Absolutely. The most important thing is who are we going to serve? And that is in your mission statement, and that's going to be, the, I'm going to call it the inspirational document mm -hmm. piece of it. And that's going to help you recruit more board members and make sure that you once, at least once a year check with what it is you're doing compared to the original mission. Once we've got that section identified, now we get into, okay, remember, nonprofits are much more complex than for-profit organizations. You have two different marketing plans. You've got the plan which is going to get you the people you're serving and the plan which gets you the funders. Then you've got your operations plan. What is the operations plan that's going to keep your funders happy? What's the operations plan that's going to actually deliver services to your clients? And so you get to write, in essence, you know, paragraph one and paragraph two. Um, it's a little more complex of a business plan than a standard for-profit. Yeah, that's one of the sort of a, it's a, a quip is that nonprofits are really business on hard mode because you have two totally different sets of clients who have two totally different needs. You have the people that you're serving, and they have the people that you have to convince to help pay for that. That's right. Which are two separate things. That's right. It's yeah. very, very seldom that we get three-legged dogs able to pay for their own help. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we hear from, from people that want to start nonprofits is so the, the place that they think that they should start first is to go to an attorney first. Is that something that you would advise? or Never. Um, 
If you don't identify who benefits, you don't identify the organizations now doing it, you're wasting your time because it doesn't matter what you construct. What matters is what, are, what can you accomplish. And if you don't answer those first questions, I don't care what your legal organization is. So that's a fantastic opportunity for nonprofits to take advantage of something that the rest of the business community has built for themselves. Yep. That then turns out to be completely free for the nonprofit sector, and so they should absolutely. It's use completely that free for the for-profit sector too. We don't yep. charge for counseling ever. I don't care if you, you know, got three hundred employees and you want us to attend board member meetings. It's counseling is free. That's always, fantastic. no matter what. That's fantastic. Well, remember, our primary business is counseling people who want to start for profit. The banks love us because we give them an alternative to, you don't say no, you say go to score. And now you get a rational business plan that they can actually ass assess as to whether or not it's going to cover from their underwriters. And that's where we get our funding. So thank you so much, Bob. That was, this is wonderful. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And um, we really hope that this, you know, hopefully this podcast will get like a little sticky on it. So that when people ask us this question over and over again, we could just point to that one and say, here's the answer. Aha. Okay. Well, I would, I would hope that too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Nonprofit Everything. We're the resource for you on everything you have on your mind or any question you have about nonprofits. And special thanks to Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits and for hosting and making this possible. We're, uh, you know, it's a great, Anne is a great resource. Everyone should be uh, checking out and uh, getting more involved with yourselves. Now, we encourage you, if you liked today's episode or any of the past episodes, feel free to share it. Uh, we are just trying to build the audience here and any questions and engagement we can have from you, whether that's sharing, whether it's writing a question or even just rating us, uh, is greatly appreciated as we try to build the audience. And we'll look forward to chatting with you, connecting with you next time. Mm -hmm.